Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Old Pepper. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleshik. Andy, how you doing today? Doing good. You know, by the time you guys hear this uh, episode, I will officially turn 30, so... Whoop, whoop! Feel, starting to feel like an old man already. The big 3-0. Any, any plans? Right now, not yet, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's... I'm kind of playing a beer what I want to do for uh, my 30th, but I don't have anything planned as of right now when we're recording. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll probably go do something. Yeah. For sure. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, well, man, it's crazy. Time time flies. I, you've uh, already hit that big 3 0. I've yes. already been there. I went to uh, went to Vegas for my 30th, which was which was a, a lot of fun. But um, but yeah, man, we'll, we'll do something for sure. Yeah, um, and that, that's exciting. And uh, I'm also excited about this uh, podcast as well. Um, so let's just jump right in. I really, I, I'm really excited to talk about it. I want to hear about it. I want to taste this. So let's do it. Andy, tell the folks out there everything they need to know about Old Pepper. Of course. So this is a distillery. It changed hands, or not hands, uh, changed names a few different times, I think, throughout its distil- distillery lifetime. Um, changed hands at least once. Uh, it's kind of an awkward thing that we'll talk about later on. In the episode, but uh, it was originally founded as the um, in Kentucky in 1780, or at least distilling operations were um, started then, even if they weren't like officially like a distillery yet, um, under the fifth distiller's license to be awarded in Kentucky state history. So if you ever look at any of their bottles or um, James E. Peppers, um, which is their kind of sister brand. In the distillery, um, if you look at their labels, it's DSP KY5. Um, you know, same brand, same, I guess, label, if you will, for distillery purposes. But, you know, they held the fifth license ever to distill um, in the state. And they were actually founded, you know, of course, during the American Revolution or, like, very, very shortly after it. Um during those times but it really wasn't until about 20 years later in 1800 ish that the distillery um at least the location as it's known now um was erected in kentucky um i think in the lexington area there i think actually in downtown lexington if i have it right um where like there are Official, you know, big, huge buildings and everything like that were started and erected and everything. Um, and their distillery name, the James E. Pepper distillery name, which Old Pepper is derived from. And like I said, their sister brand, uh, James E. Pepper, uh, 1776, is derived from too. Um, comes from the uh, third distillery, or third distiller, rather, in their history, James E. Pepper. Um who also op yeah so he also operated um it but they had also operated under the henry clay and old pepper distillery names prior to officially renaming to that james e pepper name (laughs) as a distillery even though they hold both of those names and then obviously the brand we're trying today from them old pepper distillery is referencing that second name that they've ever had um for the brand but 
they, you know, when James took over, he officially renamed the distillery um, to the James E. Pepper Distillery, and then just kept some of those um, namesakes along while they were distilling throughout the history of the brand. Um, and actually, in, I don't know exactly. I wasn't able to find exactly like the timeline that they had this, um, but I think it was sometime in like the mid eighteen hundreds to maybe very very early nineteen hundreds. Um, they were the largest whiskey distillery in the entire United States. Wow! And a lot of that was because I believe, um, you, you know, they there was a lot of like union busting, like with. 1879 through kind of like the early 1890s, you know, around when Bottle and Bond Act um, showed up, which uh, James was a huge proponent of, actually tried to work to help get that passed, but also um, get like the Sherman Antitrust Act passed in around the same time um, to like break up some of the huge whiskey distillery and bourbon distillery, like trusts and monopolies in the u.s broken up so that he could sit there um among other things like open up the own distillery actually distill you know and bottle within his own labels and everything like that um do all that type of stuff um for them uh and you know he was james himself uh james pepper was a huge advocate for the industry in the u.s like i said um actually as a part of it Beyond just the, um, like, lobbying for those acts to break up monopolies and things like that, or the Bottle and Bond Act, he actually lobbied Kentucky as a state to be able to allow himself to bottle his um, whiskey at his own distillery. Because previously, you had brands like Old Forester, which were, like, the first bottled bourbon, but a lot of those brands, you know, would be, like, sold off, say, to a retailer or, like, a pharmacist, something like that at the time. Mm. And then those people would sit there and then bottle it. They might use, say, the Old Forester name, but they'd bottle it themselves. Well, what he wanted to do was sit there and be able to not only distill and age at the distillery, but then also bottle at the distillery. Mm. Uh, At least in Kentucky, be able to do that. So he lobbied... You know, their state congress and everything to do that and want approval to do it. I think he was the first, as far as I can find in Kentucky's history, I think the first distiller and distillery to be able to do that. Oh, wow. In any state. Um, And and then, like I said, I mean, very shortly after that, you know, was a heavy um, proponent for the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. And then in the, I think in 1890 or 1891, you know, the um, Sherman Antitrust Act, he was a heavy proponent for because he saw that, like, their whiskey trust in Illinois um, was basically taking, like, very monopolizing the bourbon and whiskey industry in America. Uh, So he wanted to be able, like, for him and others who didn't want to be a part of that, sit there and allow people to... um, you know, be able to freely exercise their rights as a distillery to mm. do anything they wanted, at least as much as they could, as they saw within the rights of, you know, government and everything wanted to oversee it. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was, he was definitely a proponent for a lot of government action to protect the whiskey industry uh, in some respects and make it easier for people to enter heading into the 1900s. Gotcha. Um, 
And, I mean, beyond that, you know, he was himself also an avid horseman. And I couldn't find the exact, at least in, like, 1800s or early 1900s dollar value, find that this price um, per acre. But he, he ended up paying on, like, a price per acre value. The largest amount of money ever, at least up until that point, <laughs> for a horse farm in Kentucky. Wow. And it was, like, a... I think 150 or 200 acre uh, horse farm. Okay. Because uh, he has several horses that like raced in the Kentucky Derby and everything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, another huge tie to the bourbon industry too, of course. Sure. <laughs> um, We're big fans. <laughs> yeah. So he he um, kept his farm down there in the what is now the Lexington area. Ended up. Um, like I said, paying that huge amount of money in the 1890s, early 1900s dollar value um, for that horse farm to do it. Uh, and then the brand, of course, like ones that hit like a lot of brands in the uh, 1900s kind of hit a little bit of a rough patch or a few different rough patches, really. Um, of course, the biggest one was during Prohibition. Like they were able to bottle in uh, a, or I don't, they could distill and age during prohibition but i don't think they were able to bottle and sell for medicinal mm. purposes okay um during prohibition but they also were able to like during world war uh, one they ended up having like shut down during that time i think a little bit just because there were certain like restrictions on grain and everything like to send over to the troops and everything gotcha. during the war um but then, like, they were able to reopen kind of very shortly after that. And then were, like, immediately shut down during Prohibition, except for the warehousing uh, and maybe some distillation purposes um, okay. for them. And then post-Prohibition, they reopened. But then it was, like, immediately, like, a decade later, World War Two, same thing as World War One. They basically were shut down for um, retail liquor purposes. They were able to make... Uh, like commercial liquor or like commercial alcohol okay. um, during the t- during that time, um, industrial alcohols like for wartime purposes and everything like that. They were able to make it during then, but they weren't making anything that like you and I could buy on the shelves. Gotcha. Um, and then they ended up pretty much after World War II, survived like one decade later during their initial operations until 1958. Like, right when the Korean War broke out. And that's pretty much when they shut down. Like, we can't... We just can't really do anything anymore, basically. And this time. We just don't have enough. We can't do anything else. Hmm. Uh, so then the brand lied dormant for about 50-ish years until 2008 when it was um, bought up by, like, a venture capitalist or investor at that time. And it kind of stayed dormant during that time. Just because he was trying to find out, the guy who bought the label was trying to find out, like, all the old recipes, like, all, as close, like, all the old stills. And if he couldn't find the old stills, try to have them remade as close as he could to what they looked like um, and operated, like, back way back in the day in the 1800s and early 1900s. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then about nine years later in December 2017... That's when he officially relaunched the brand, as we know it today, both for the uh, James E. Pepper and Old Pepper uh, labels. Nice. Um, yeah. 
And so those are the two labels that they have um, to this day. I couldn't find Mashville's for them, but hmm. you have the James E. Pepper 1776 label, which is a bourbon and a rye. And that label, like I said, that was their third distillery. It's named after that, but then also the 1776 harkens back to like when their very early days, like the American Revolution. That's basically harkening back to those two. Right. And then you have old pepper distillery labels. Uh, we're trying two, well, we're trying at least one of those today. We have two of them. Um, so you have the rye, the bourbon, and the single malt under that label. Okay. As well. So very, very small distillery. <clears throat> Comparative to a lot of other, you know, big brands that are on the markets today. Sure. But definitely have a lot of that legacy that some of these other uh, brands have, even if they haven't operated as long as some of the other brands like Buffalo Trace or Wild Turkey have. Sure. Cool. All right. Are we ready for the the tasting or we got a couple, you got a couple I, more things you want to cover? I think we're ready for the tasting. Let's, yes, cool, do let's it. Let's do it. So, uh. Obviously, you mentioned a few of the expressions. Uh, tell them which one we're, we're doing uh, here today. So, we're trying first the bourbon. Yeah. Um, as, long as, it's, uh, as long as we like it, maybe yeah. we'll, we'll try another one. We'll uh, yeah. just do a little tease there for you guys. So, we're yeah. going to start off with the, as you said, we're going to start off with the bourbon. The Old uh, Pepper bourbon. It's both, all, all of the products under the Old Pepper name are bottled in bond, so it's all going to be 100 proof. Gotcha. Um, just kind of depends on, like, which one you're doing. Like, if it's the bourbon rye or single malt, if it's going to be... Like the mash bill and grains and everything in it. Cool. Well, as always, we're going to start with the nose. Pretty standard. Yeah. A for a bourbon, pretty standard nose. Getting some spice and some pepper notes to it. Yeah. A little bit, yeah, a little bit spicier than some other bourbons. What else are you picking up there in the nose? So I'm picking up those spices. I'm maybe picking up a little bit of like a dark chocolate note on there. Okay. For me. Sure. Uh, within that. Um, let's see what else. Um, not too much else in there for me. I mean, maybe a little bit of a fruit note in there alongside the dark chocolate, but those are kind of like the, the spice, dark chocolate and slight fruit notes for me on the nose are what I'm picking up. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, let's give it a taste. Cheers, sir. Cheers. Pretty hot, but not yeah. Pretty spicy. Crazy. There's a. I'm getting a lot of peppery spiciness to it. Yeah, like pretty spicy the on the front front of the palate for you there. Yeah, yeah. Even at just a hundred proof there. Um, finish is pretty. Goes away. You know, it's pretty short finish and not not too. You know, I think not, like, like not, you said, like a lot of spices on the front end of it. Yeah, like a lot of spices on the front end, but it kind of for me finishes. Maybe a bit, a little bit longer, at least for me, than what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, but it finishes off with like some of those like fruit notes for me. I'm getting some of the actual like chocolatey cocoiness that you mentioned in the nose, actually. Oh yeah, on the on the on the on the, on the palate. Um, yeah, see, I got like yeah. this. I got like a lot of spice and fruit notes on the palate, whereas yeah. you're getting those notes. I, I'm getting. I got some of the fruit for sure. I, a lot of the spice. Um, yeah, pretty complex actually. Pretty yeah. Pretty pretty good. Um, actually, I think I have to take it back. I do think the finish is actually a little bit longer than I had originally said. I do yeah. think it is a little longer. It's um, it's kind of for me. But at it's least, just very pleasant finish, though. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasant finish. I mean, even though even with how hot it starts in terms of like the spiciness and proof note on yeah. it, yeah, like it finishes 
very well for me. It kind of finishes similarly to how Wild Turkey for me finishes, where it will like start off super hot and spicy, but then it kind of lingers around a little bit. Yeah. What was the yeah. What was the price point for this one? Um. So for both of these, we also have their uh, single malt that we might try today. Um, yeah. Both of these were in like the $55, $65 range here in Cincinnati. Okay. So not necessarily the cheapest bourbons around that you might find, but at least for the bourbon, I would say comparative to a lot of other bourbons we've tried in that price range, definitely stands up, if not beats a lot of those for me personally. Gotcha. Cool. Well, I, I'm a big fan. I really like it. Uh, I definitely recommend it. So um, we're going to take a quick break, and maybe we'll be back with a, uh, another tasting for you. And we're back. Now that we finished the bourbon, we are going to go ahead and do the tasting of the Old Pepper Single Malt. And as always, we're going to start with the nose. A little less complexity for me on this one. Same here. Yeah, it's a little bit more like the alcohol forward on a single malt for me. So you're thinking like ethanol, alcohol, kind of? Yeah, a little bit of that to me. Kind of on the nose dies very quickly, so I'm not getting like a lot else on it. Yeah, a little velvety, but yeah, I mean, I'm not picking up a ton. Yeah, I'm not really getting anything off the nose for it. Um, not that it's necessarily bad, just not yeah. getting anything off of it. Yeah, let's, uh, let's give it a taste. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Okay. Hmm. I'm getting the maltiness. You know, the yeah. a single malt. Yeah, it definitely reminds me a lot of like a Scotch or an Irish whiskey, like yeah. in terms of the maltiness. For sure. So it doesn't really drink like an American single malt at all. Yeah. Um. But it's not like super. You're not getting like a lot of peatiness to it though. Like you yeah, get, like, like no like peatiness or anything, like smokiness, anything like that. Right. But it does remind it. you more of a Scotch. Yeah, kind of like a um, like almost like a Macallan in terms of how much like how little smokiness there is to it. Um, are you picking up any specific notes? I'm kind of getting like a velvet or leathery note. To yeah, it. that's kind of what um, I'm getting too. It's just it's not really it's not super complex. Yeah, not super complex. Definitely not of the two that we tried today for Old Pepper. Definitely not worth the yeah. money I paid for it. The bourbon um, I think is definitely better. Yeah, the bourbon. I know we haven't tried the rye, but the, the bourbon, bourbon is was, definitely the bourbon the, was really good. I yeah. really like the bourbon. Um, yeah, the the single malt though, I am definitely underwhelmed, and yeah, I, yeah, I would say not for the price point, probably not worth it for me. Uh, yeah, and especially here. when you have the brother bottle that is clearly so much head better, and shoulders right? above, yeah. right? Like I would just get just get the bourbon is what I would exactly. Recommend. I know we haven't tried the rye of the three, but definitely sure, right. if if you can find. At least all three, and you know you trend towards bourbon, Definitely. get the bourbon. For sure. Yeah. All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, leave a review, listen to every episode of Still Discussions. Please uh, tell your friends about us, You know, share it on social media, follow us on Instagram. We really do appreciate your guys' support. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry, America, we'll be here to drink with you next week.